from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 174, Summertime Fun. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, it is uh, muggy, freaking hot. <laughs> At least it is here in Cleo, and I don't know how it's been down in Virginia for you, John. Oh, Ryan, it has been in the upper 90s for two straight weeks. Absolutely brutal. Just 90 plus 99% humidity. You know, you want to melt every day when you're yeah. out, so... Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it is definitely summer. I was out the dog doing, days of summer. Yes, I was out doing yard work the one day because I'm trying to redo my front yard and do some front landscaping and everything else, and uh, just tearing out some these huge overgrown bushes and everything else. My neighbor comes up to me and she's just like, "Isn't it too hot to be doing that?" And I go, "Yes, <laughs> but." it also needs to get done. Like it wasn't something I can wait any longer for. If I wait till it gets cool, then it's going to be close to winter. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been balmy out. I've been staying in the air conditioning. Uh, and, uh, I'm like, I'm sure it's much worse down there, but yeah, we do get our share of humidity and everything else here in, in the, uh, Cleveland area. So, um, but it's outside of the weather, uh, how have things been going for you? You know, it's been really good. Uh, I obviously made my return from the Bermuda Triangle from our last episode that we did together right. on the uh, the Joe Review. And, uh, no, it's been really good. We talked on that show about uh, FredCon, which was the convention in Fredericksburg, Virginia, that was in a mall. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Cool. We had a great time. Jacob and I met Shannon at the train picked him up he'd come in he'd come in from the district and we picked him up we went over it was in a really nice mall uh we sat across from the tivana store and apparently tivana is owned by uh starbucks okay. but it's the uh they sell tea and that's all they sell <laughs> so we watched the we watched these youngsters selling tea all day long and that was entertaining 
a lot of – it was an interesting mix. It was people that obviously had no idea there was a comic book show going on at the local mall, but a lot of collectors and people that we did know, uh, several folks that I see, that we see at all the conventions kind of in the mid-Atlantic area between D.C. and Baltimore and Richmond. and So a lot of those folks, um, everybody I talked to made money. Okay. Which is great. And That's fact, always good guy, to hear. Yeah. The guy next to us, it was interesting. We not seen. I'd not met the guy next to us. He was selling a, a children's book, like a hardcover book, and he had brought forty copies of the book. And the show was scheduled from ten to six. He left at four fifteen because he'd sold all the books he had. Oh wow! So yeah, so I mean, it was it was really cool. Got to see a couple people I hadn't seen in a while. There were a couple artists that. Uh, popped up uh, Sam Ellis, who was running the show. Sam is a is kind of a stalwart in this area and worked on Archer. Was one of the lead guys on Archer when the show first started, and done, you know is kind of real well known in the area. It was this was Sam's show. He actually ran a Kickstarter to help fund some things. Nice. Uh, it worked out really really well. Like I said, all the artists I, I talked to did well. There were a handful of vendors, you know, guys selling fifty cent dollar books. Yeah, they all had. I saw people walking away with stacks of comics, which is great. Nice. Uh, it, it was it was really really cool, a little unique. I've done one of their mall show and it was nothing like this one, but everybody said I want to come back next year. So kudos to kudos to Sam and, and and his very very tiny volunteer staff. He had just a handful of people helping him, but they had they did a great show. We had a great time hanging out with Shannon, of course, as always, and found a, a really cool local Mexican joint in uh, Fredericksburg for dinner. And for those of you that don't know Shannon, he loves Mexican and he loves margaritas. And so if he's ever in your area, if you can take <laughs> him to the best Mexican place, you will be his best friend. Very nice. So we, we did that and spent some time walking through the city. So that was really cool. Uh, actually went to, went to Louisville to see my folks a few weeks ago and went to my first ever toy show. Which I've never done. I mean, <laughs> obviously, I'm a comic book guy. Everybody knows that. Sure. But the the, the G.I. Joe, the Kentuckiana, for those of you not in the know, that's Kentucky and Indiana, kind of the area between Louisville and, and southern Indiana. The Kentuckiana G.I. Joe Collectors Club had a toy show in Louisville. And I found out about it through Aaron over at Roma, who's been on the show before and is yep. a good friend of Travis. And I know you you know Aaron well. I've known Aaron a long time, yeah. Yeah, so, so Aaron – uh, had posted on, on Facebook. I thought, I'm going to go to the G.I. Joe Toy Show. That sounds really cool. Jacob and I had a ball. It was so cool, Ryan. We 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 went in. I was wearing my Star Joe shirt. I probably got four or five comments from people who had no clue That's who awesome. we were and what, really what a podcast was. Aaron, of course, saw me. I, and I met Aaron a few years ago at a, at a comic book show in Louisville. And so I probably talked to him for an hour. We we had a great time visiting, and we took a picture. I texted it to Travis, and he kind of flipped out. He's like, how does this happen? Because I didn't <laughs> tell anybody I was going to be in Louisville, of course. And so here's a picture of me with Aaron, and I said, hey, here's something that will blow your mind. And, and But everybody was super cool. I saw so many cool uh, toys, a, a lot of the old school stuff, which – you know, I know this show was predicated on the on the '80s version of Joe, but I have a real soft spot. Have developed a real soft spot over the years for the 12 inch line, and yeah. I had a guy basically spend 20 minutes with me explaining all the different variations because I, I don't really understand that line real well. I've sure. got a couple of fuzzy headed Joes, and I, I I'm real keen on the Adventure Team stuff. But he actually spent time explaining to me what everything was, he, and he showed me all the club collectibles over the years, and it, it, it was so much fun. That's we, cool. we, had, 
other than paying to get in, we didn't buy anything, but we had we really did have a good time. And it was, I bet ninety, probably ninety five percent GI Joe figures. There was a handful of Star, not a lot of Star Wars, a lot of uh, a lot of older school seventies era stuff. Uh, the uh, old cowboy marks figures and the, nice. the cow, you know, that kind of Western stuff, which I grew up on. And there was some original art, which blew my mind. One guy had the Mike Bear cover from the DD. Uh, DDP run of Joe. Oh wow! Um, it was a really sharp cover, and when I saw what he had on, I almost choked <laughs> uh, because I think he's crazy. And if he had had, I don't know if he had seventy five percent of. The, if it was twenty five percent of that, co- I would have bought it on the spot. Right. But what he had on, I just laughed and put it back because I wasn't going to pay that. <laughs> but no, it was it was super cool. Like I said, spent some time talking to talking to Aaron and I met his wife and yeah. there was a, somebody else from the finest there that was a wild weasel. It was a super cool costume. And nice. yeah, man, I just, I, I was so like, we walked away, we spent probably two hours there again. We didn't buy anything necessarily, but we, Jacob had a really good time. He got to see a lot of neat stuff, spent some time with Aaron. He talked to me about CoilCon coming up. Hopefully we might have some talk about that later. Knock yeah. on the countertop here, right. but yeah, man, it was, just, it was, uh, it was super cool. So very cool. Yeah. yeah, and and I and like I said, I've known Aaron for a long time. So how how I even knew Aaron was, um, it's a roundabout way. But his, I think I think they're cousins. His cousin Ken um, was a guy in the old forums with, and him and I both listened to the Geek Savants, and he would make comments on their forum, and I would make comments, and we just we started talking to each other, and then we went out to Super Show. And which was the convention that the Comic Geek Speak guys used to, sure. to have. And uh, I saw Ken out there and, and he brought his he brought Aaron with him and they got sloshy drunk and were like, hey, could you give us a lift back to the hotel? Because they knew we were staying at the same hotel. And we're like, yeah. So we talked with them for quite a while. And that's when I found out Aaron uh, had a you know toy uh, business and everything else. And we had a really great time like that whole weekend with them. And then went to Columbus Toy Show, uh, I think maybe the same year, maybe the year after or something like that, and saw Roma Collectibles being set up there. And I had no idea the name of the business or anything like that. Uh, so when I saw Aaron, it was like, oh, my God. And I have seen Aaron so many times since then. I mean, he's gone to Joe Cons and, and everything else. Uh, his wife is awesome. I actually have uh, his wife designed or did this was she has like uh, light switches that she makes from old comic book pages oh, and, okay, sure, sure. and comic covers and things like that. Well, she had, it was, uh, in the room I'm in right now in my, in my guest room, that's my studio and everything. Uh, I have a double light switch. Well, she had a double light switch, uh, cover that was, uh, the, the front cover to GI Joe number one, uh, oh, nice. hero. Nice. So I was like, yeah, what do you want for this? So it's, it, it is uh, prominent in my room now, so uh, I have a nice G.I. Joe-themed light switch there now. Um, but, yeah, she does, like, lots of really cool craft-type stuff like that and, and all very geek-related. And she does a lot of cosplay, and she's very uh, involved in that type of community, which is awesome as well. well so She was definitely pushing the finest, and they were selling the, the finest calendar. Oh, yeah. We talked quite a bit about next year's uh, calendar and uh, it was funny because, and I don't know if he's listening, but somebody told me that Beachhead Mike was at the show, and I'm like, oh. "Wow, I've never met Mike, and where is he?" And and then I, I kind of looked around, I was like, "I don't, I don't see anybody kind of fits that bill at all." 
and I asked Aaron, I said, Aaron, is, is Mike from What's on Joe Mind here? He's like, no, he's not here because Louisville to St. Louis is a pretty good hike. Sure. And I was like, I didn't think he'd be here. And I heard some guy just kind of overheard a guy wearing a G.I. Joe 2016 convention shirt say something like, no, those guys are here or something. It was it was really funny <laughs> but because uh, I got real excited. I was like, well, you know, we'll be crossing the streams again. But yeah. uh, but no. So, yeah, it was it was really, really cool. And like I said, it was they were very welcoming. And, and several guys, unfortunately, asked for business cards, which I was not carrying. Even the old school cards yeah. didn't have any with me. But they were, oh, you know, so they took the website address down. And I told them about you and, and, awesome. and Robert and Shannon. So hopefully they'll, you know, hopefully they'll give us a listen. Maybe they're listening to this show. So yeah, if you maybe. are welcome. But uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And I wish there were shows like that around here every once in a while, because it was it was fun to be at something where I wasn't looking for comics and and like I said just saw a couple pieces of art which were kind of surprising yeah. but were cool to see but it was just really fun especially the the gentleman that spent some time with me to explain you know some of the things as I try to decide oh, sure. kind of what's next because my dad actually said oh well you should have talked a little more because we want to try to figure out what we want to get you for Christmas and I could I don't know I couldn't figure something out but anyway so it was cool <laughs> that's awesome and I will say that if you ever get a chance check out Roma Collectibles especially if they're going to be at, oh, at a show near you and I'm not saying that just because he because Aaron and Ken and Sarah are friends of mine um, I mean of course I'm going to promote them because they're friends but they also have a hell of a business and they will take good care of you like they will help you find what you're looking for and uh, they'll give you very honest prices. They're not one of these people that jacks their prices up uh, ridiculously or anything like that. They give you a fair price for something, and if they can cut you a deal on something, especially if you're buying multiple things or something like that, they will certainly work with you and, and everything else. So uh, just super nice people. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and I know occasionally they do listen to the show. I don't know if they listen to every episode, but I know sometimes they do listen to the show, and uh, they've always thanked me when they've seen me at shows for mentioning them and everything else and and again we don't do it because they sponsor us we don't do it for just because they're friends but you know we just talk about them because we like their business they are good friends of ours we like talking with them and seeing that shows and they they're a lot of fun to hang out with so um the the other thing I wanted to to mention just because you mentioned the business card things I did I do have new business cards which I know I sent you a picture of um And it has all of us on it now. It used to just have Chuck and my name on it. And uh, I ran out of those. So I said to my wife, who's an awesome graphic designer, I was like, could you help redesign a new business card? And it still looks like the old one, but it has all of our names on it. It has the updated logo on it with the one symbol removed and and everything. So um, awesome Vista print deals. It was like 500 business cards for like 10 bucks. So, and that's where I've gotten them from every single time, and they're always come out great. So I will have a whole new stack of them to carry with me to Baltimore Con uh, to pass out to those people that do notice the T-shirts and want to know what the what what the deal is with it and everything else. And that's the thing that always cracked me up was Chuck used to always be like, "Man, you are always on when it comes to promoting the show." We would be at like uh, in a hotel room, and I'd see uh, I saw a guy that had like the Thundercats t-shirt on i'm like oh you like the thundercats and he's like yeah it's really cool blah blah blah. and i was like hey do you listen to podcasts and i explained to him you know what the show was and everything else and gave him a business card and chuck turns to me he goes you're always on i'm like you have to be like if someone is has an interest in this stuff it's not like you're selling them something you're just 
it's it's a free show, so it's like absolutely. So it's ABC, like, ABC man, always be closing. That's, that's right. We do. That's, that's what right. We do. That's right. Spe- speaking of conventions, before I forget, and I, I wish that Shannon and or Robert were here to hear this story. Uh, Shannon was there. I, I did have one awesome con story that somehow we totally forgot to talk about before. You're gonna appreciate. I think you'll appreciate this. Okay. So this was the the one day I went up there was the, the Saturday. I'm sitting at the table with Shannon. And this rather unassuming gentleman walks up, and he smiles, and he looks at me, and, hey, how's it going? And and Shannon looks up and looks at me and goes, ask him. And I'm like, what? And the, the, he looks at this guy and says, ask him. Okay. And the guy looks at me and goes, do you guys just do Star Joes to harass Robert? <laughs> I was like, huh? And he goes, it just seems like every time that you guys do the show, all you're doing is beating up on Robert. If it's about a lane or about commissions or whatever, <laughs> I almost lost it. <laughs> Apparently, and he was super nice guy. And I, for, I apologize. I forget. He's probably listening to the show now. I forget your name, dude. I'm really sorry. If you're at Baltimore, come by and harass me about it. But, Apparently, he'd come by and talk to Shannon on, on Friday about this. Yeah. And Shannon looked at him and said, come back on Saturday because John's going to be here. And you can ask him the same question. <laughs> that is it was, fantastic. It was, it was great. And I was just like, well, man, it's part of the show like the rest of it, right? Right. And he, was, he was super nice about it. It was really funny. But he was just so, you know, are you doing this harass Robert? No, man, we don't do it. We have a good time. That's as much fun as the rest of it. Of course, Robert hadn't been on here a while for us to harass him. Right. But, but it was such a – like I was just stunned. But the fact that the guy had come by on Friday, and so when Shannon saw him, he just kind of nodded and said, ask him. It was it was <laughs> hilarious because he didn't introduce himself first or say, I listen to the show. He just right. said, hey, you guys do this harass me. That and is fantastic. So I had to share that because we hadn't talked about it, and I, I told yeah. Shannon last time I talked to him, I was like – I'm bringing this up next time we record because I totally forgot to do it. Or, you know, it's been what a month and a half ago, but yeah. that was uh, that was that was the the question I got about the show that I totally did not expect to get. At That's all. fantastic. So. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, originally I started the show because I wanted to harass Chuck, and then Chuck hasn't been on the show, so then I just naturally had to harass somebody. So <laughs> uh, no, um, and well, and that's the thing too. Like, I, and I think that's why, and we do hear this a lot from a lot of listeners, is that they're like, "You guys sound like." when I hang out with my friends and it's like, well, yeah, that's cause that's what we are. And let's face it, friends harass each other <laughs> quite a bit. Um, if you have a chance to, to pick on each other a little bit in good nature and in good fun, um, you do it. And, and yeah, Robert hasn't, hasn't been around. So it's, it's actually easier when he's not around to harass him a little bit. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, we obviously love Robert. He's, you know, he's a good friend and, it's honestly, like we've talked about many times, it's one of the things that came out of this show that when I started doing the show, I didn't expect to make friendships. I, I, it's not that I was opposed to it. I just didn't, wasn't expecting that to be a byproduct of the show. Sure. Uh, I just expected to spend time talking about geeky things with Chuck and like then we might have some listeners uh, that would email us every once in a while. I didn't expect to make like amazing friendships out of it. I'm obviously that's been the most um, awesome thing out of it that could come out of it. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, when you start off with someone like Robert who came on the show as a guest and we interview him. And the next thing you know, it's like, he's someone I consider one of my closest friends. 
Um, and same thing with you and same thing with Shannon. It's like, yeah, I'm doing a show with my friends. I'm, you know, uh, how I met them is, you know, <laughs> is, uh, is how you meet anyone else. It's just circumstances and everything else. But, um, but yeah, like I said, it, it's, that's what friends do. We, you pick on each other sometimes. So, <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I had to share cause I, yeah. I had forgotten and I, it was, it was such a striking thing. And like I said, I, I'm sorry. I, I was two months ago. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you were at Baltimore, please come by uh, Shannon's table. Well, or if you see us wearing the shirts and just stop <laughs> us and go, Hey jerk, why don't you remember my name? And I'll, and I'll, I will gladly take the brow beating cause I deserve it. So, yeah. um, and let's face it, uh, John, Robert makes himself an easy target sometimes because he, especially when it comes to stuff like his sister and everything else, like you, when you know you're getting under someone's skin a little bit, it makes you want to do it a little bit more. <laughs> You said it. You said it, not me. You said it, not me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, please, if if you will be, if you are going to be at Baltimore, come out to us. I would love. <laughs> I love questions like that. That's just fantastic. Uh, that I got a good laugh out of that. So, well, do you want to start talking about? Uh, I know we talked about possibly, you know, discussing conventions and everything else. Well, and we, I, I, I don't want to end on a low note. So maybe we can talk about kind of what's happened in the Star Wars universe. That's been- oh sure. Sad, sad of late, and in the last couple of days, the yeah got news of so yeah so uh, so sadly, I'm sure a lot of people that have listened to this show are in tune with what's happening uh, in Star Wars and everything else. But uh, sadly, we lost uh, Kenny Baker, uh, who for those that don't know, and I, I, our my one buddy Sam who listens to the show was like, "Who is Kenny Baker?" And I told him I wanted to smack him. Wow. Um, <laughs> And he asked why, and I was like, that's like me, because Sam's a big He-Man fan, and I was like, that's like me asking you who Prince Adam is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and he goes, well, that's two characters. And I go, okay, I'll give you another example, because he's also a Transformers fan. I said, that's like me asking you who Peter Cullen is. Uh, If if you're a Transformers fan and don't know who Peter Cullen is, then, you know, you're crazy. Um, So, yeah, so uh, Kenny Baker, who played R2-D2, as far as the... Uh, inside the droid thing, because there was a robot R2-D2 as well that didn't always work. Uh, So they would put Kenny Baker, who was a little person, uh, inside there, and uh, he would move move the droid and everything else and move its head and and everything to react to the people uh, that it was acting with. Uh, He he passed away at 83. Uh, From what I read online, you know, he passed peacefully and and everything. Um, So... And obviously, at 83, he lived an amazingly full life, uh, and he, I saw some stories from, like, I posted on Star Joe's page uh, a story from Tom Kane, who uh, is a voice actor and everything else, and had been involved with uh, Star Wars uh, quite a bit, so... Uh, he talked about his first introduction with Kenny Baker was, uh, they had to get on a bus together and, uh, Kenny Baker looked at the stairs to the bus and the first step was like up to his chest. So someone behind him said, you know, well, go ahead and give him a lift. And he was like, what? And he's he's like, give him a lift. And so he had to grab Kenny Baker and he's like, for being a little guy, he was like picking up a keg. Uh, he was, (laughs) he was just solid. And so he says, I, it was either like lift him, you know, gently, in which case I might drop him or really grab him firmly, in which case I might hurt him. So he's like, I didn't want to drop him. So I grabbed him firmly. And, and I guess Kenny Baker was like, 
you're hurting me and stuff like that. So he goes, so that's my first introduction to meeting some uh, guy that I consider to be a legend in the business. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, R2-D2, as many people know, listening to the show, is my second favorite Star Wars character in all of Star Wars. Um, it's So it, it was very sad to, to hear of his passing. It seems like more and more these days, and I know we've mentioned, I think, John, you've mentioned before, more and more these days, we're seeing more of our legends and, and everything else pass away. So it's uh, it's with a heavy heart that he passed away. But again, he did live a very full life. And I know he was very loved by his fans. So um, he definitely leaves, leaves a great legacy behind him. The sad part to this, and, and I don't want this to sound callous, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, this is kind of the beginning yeah. for us. And, you know, other, you know, I, I Heidi and I were talking about it today, and we were talking about the fact that Harrison Ford made the comment that he's the same age that uh, Alec Guinness was when he made uh, uh, Episode Seven. And yeah, uh, you know, it's of course Alec Guinness was very old even then. I mean, obviously in his right. late seven, mid seventies, whatever. But you know, now we're, we're at a point in, in 2016 has sucked. I mean, yeah. for for you know, for, regardless of who you are and what you're into. When it comes to celebrities, especially those of us that are, you know, now in our 30s and 40s, we're losing a lot of those people that we grew up with, that we were fans of, that we were, uh, you know, idolized or, 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 you know, knew. And so, you know, but I look at Star Wars and I saw this and I was really sad. And I thought, you know, the sad part is this is this is just kind of the beginning of it. And that hurts a little bit, too, to know that, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to see other losses and. Uh, you know, thankfully, we have a lot to be appreciative of. And sure. I, I, when I saw it, I thought of you immediately because I know what a fan of, of R2-D2 you are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know he had a, a interesting career outside of Star Wars and vaudeville oh, yeah. and doing other things. And, it, you know, it's great to see kind of the outpouring of love and support. And I never met him. You know, I, I yeah. you know, obviously don't do a lot of Star Wars conventions and things. But from what everything I've read was he was just a peach of a guy. And so, yeah. uh, you know, it's very, very sad. And I'm sure you're going to play the, uh, Tatooine song or something <laughs> at some point here. The uh, it might be the place yeah. that, yeah, the funeral pyre, this might be the place to do that. So, things i wanted to announce that lays that plays into what's coming up so uh this is obviously episode 174 uh the next episode was uh once gonna be 175 was going to be a listener episode where we had listeners come on 
And I said, you know, reach out to the show and let me know if you want to come on the show. Well, I only had two people reach out. And I don't know if it's because other people were like, well, I've been on the show before, so I don't want to, you know, I want to give other people a chance and everything else. Um, but really didn't have a whole lot of people reaching out. And granted, people could be busy, too. Um, but I was like, okay, we're getting really close to Baltimore Con. And it's going to be tough to do a listener episode and then go right into Baltimore con. And I want to try to get that out and everything else. And I was like, we only had two people that really reached out. So here's what I'm planning to do. And it seems like it should work out perfectly fine. Um, the two people that reached out, I'm going to reach out to, to you guys to have you on a future episode with us. You know, I'll reach out to see if there's a particular type of episode you want to come on for or something like that, whether it be like a movie episode, an animated episode, just a, a suck episode or whatever. Uh, we'll have you, have you come on. Um, but I thought, wouldn't Baltimore con be the best listener episode to have anyways? Uh, we can make sure, you know, I'll have my laptop with me and I'll have my, you know, all the recording stuff with me. I was like, wouldn't that be the best place? Because we have so many friends there. Uh, so I thought at certain points during the weekend, I'll just make it a point to pull out the recording stuff and record with some of the people that we meet, whether it's, uh, you know, we're out at dinner or we're back at the room or we're out on the convention floor. Uh, just, you know, I can grab some people and just record live right there from Baltimore con. And that'll be at least one of our Baltimore con episodes that we do, uh, will just be the listeners that we actually meet at the show, uh, and friends that we meet at the show, like we do every year, uh, with this being 174, I didn't want also to be a very long time before you heard another episode. So what my plan is and what my idea is that uh, I've been owing uh, the another 0.5 episode where I do the Gears Spotlight. So I will do a 174.5 episode where I will do the summary of Gears and, and who the character is and everything else for those that aren't familiar with the character. So this way there will be another episode that comes out in August. Then we'll have the Baltimore episode, at least one Baltimore episode that will come out uh, in right probably shortly after we get back from the convention. I'll be able to work on it. So, uh, so that'll be episode one seventy five, and if we do more episodes out there, that'll be you know one seventy six and whatnot from there. So, uh, it seems like it's just almost perfect timing to do an episode like that at the convention with people there live. So, so that's the plan. We'll we'll see. You know, I always love the quote: "Man, uh, man plans and God laughs." So, <laughs> hey man, there's also a man, a plan, a canal, Panama, but it's a palindrome for those of you that haven't heard of that before. Look it up. And I will say, so far, uh, YouTube is right on target for September. Again, obviously, awesome. it'll be it'll be after the convention, obviously. Uh, but in fact, just this evening, my wife and I were looking at backgrounds and everything else that I can have behind me for when I'm recording. And, uh, so yeah, so things, things are going in the right direction with that as well. So, great. um, so speaking of Baltimore con, like I said, you had the great idea of, Hey, we haven't done, or if we have, it's been a very long time since we've done it. Um, just talking about number one, we can talk about Baltimore con itself, but also just talking about conventions and how to, 
how we prepare for conventions and, and how we recommend preparing for conventions. It seems like a lot of geeky podcasts do these types of episodes, so we didn't want to be any different because maybe we have a different, unique perspective on it. Uh, John, I'm sure you prepare a little differently than I do, and uh, uh, we probably both have had our experiences where we're like, yeah, maybe that person should have planned something differently <laughs> to not make it miserable right. for other people around them. So. Uh, so I figured we could talk, uh, like I said, you came up with the idea, like, hey, let's talk about conventions and talk about preparing for them and, and specifically for us, like maybe what we're doing to prepare for Baltimore. Uh, sure. So so I get maybe, maybe if we can, maybe we should do a little bit of a roll call in terms of who we who we who we know or who sure. are scheduled as of, you know, a couple weeks beforehand. I don't know when this will come out, but yeah. we're talking mid-August. So I will be there with my son, Jacob, who many of you have met or seen around. Uh, JP and Brian Lang, who I am super stoked for you guys to meet. You know, yeah. I, so if you listen to the show uh, regularly, Brian has been a, a, a loyal listener. He went all the way back to the beginning, um, drove quite a bit of distance to meet me for breakfast in Atlanta uh, a couple months ago. And I said, hey, man, you've got to come to Baltimore. And after after the episode where we talked about the passing of uh, – I'm sorry, who was it that just passed? I can't uh, – <laughs> There's been some. I'm really embarrassed. Uh, Darwin Cook, sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, with yeah, yeah. after the Darwin Cook episode, he he shot me a note. And he said, "Hey man, I listened to you talk about Darwin Cook. I think I need to come to Baltimore." And I'm like, "Yeah, you do." So yeah. anyway, so Brian's going to fly in, and it, what's great, and this is the power of podcasting in our community. He's going to fly in Friday morning, and Grub is going to pick him up at the airport because Grub lives ten minutes from the airport now, which is awesome. So yeah. you know, we, we've got this, you know, these connections. So. You know, we're all going to be there. Uh, obviously, Shannon will be there with the table. I understand Brian Schur is scheduled to be there, but I haven't talked to him about it. I know Olivia Tin, who some of you met, who was talked about on our last Baltimore episode last year, yep. is going to be there. So uh, that's kind of who I know for sure. Who who do you have in your room? So, so in my room, uh, well, first off, I want to announce, I know, John, you're going to be shocked by this. But Chuck, no, I'm not. But <laughs> Chuck, Chuck is not coming to Baltimore Con. He uh, told me as much before. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let me explain why, and I think people actually—it's actually, it's actually a, a very positive thing. I think for the show, I think you guys will be a little excited. Uh, again, I'm not holding my breath that this is going to happen, but uh, Chuck has uh, his employment has changed a little bit. He's still employed with the same place, but he had been working uh, pretty much really, really early mornings. We're talking like he had to get up at like two, three in the morning to be at work by four or five. Um, and, uh, it caused him to not be able to come on the show, uh, because he couldn't record at night with us cause he was sleeping. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and he was, he was living at, at home with his mom during, you know, a lot of, you know, we talked about how people, uh, in the, in the past, like you see their life changing and everything else. And people that listen to the show know that, you know, Chuck went through a divorce and, and, uh, you know, he was doing fine, but it was just a lot of life changes happening and, and everything else. Well, uh, he's been seeing someone for quite a while now and she's awesome. And, uh, they decided that they're going to move into a place together, which is great. Uh, so he's going to have his own place in and his workplace has done a lateral move for him where now he's going to be working in a different department. Uh, and that's going to allow him to work uh more of like a normal day type 
job. And because of that, he said, he said to me, I might be able to come back on the show and every once in a while and do some episodes with you guys. Cause I won't, I won't have to go to bed as early and everything else. So, uh, hopefully that is going to happen. Uh, cause I'd love to have him back on the show with us, uh, whenever he can, can make it. But because of him moving into the new place and everything else, it, he has to move in the same weekend that, uh, Baltimore cons happening. And he also needs to be able to furnish the place and he doesn't, have you know he needs that money that he would have spent going to baltimore con to help furnish the place so that's why he's not able to make it uh but again hopefully it'll mean that he'll be able to come on the show and hopefully it'll mean future conventions won't be an issue for him uh but that remains to be seen but who is coming is i got uh nick who has been on the show a few times with us uh, he's coming with me, and then Travis, Uncle Teabag, he's coming with me. Uh, so we're driving from Ohio, and then we're going to uh, uh, share a room also with Rock, who has been on the show once or twice, and you guys have heard us mention him many times. He is a longtime listener, a good friend of ours. Uh, again, someone who has become a friend because he's been a listener. Like we, He decided to come to a show, and we met him at a show, and we hung out with them and had a great time. And again, someone who I've communicated with many times in the past, uh, he's a, I consider him a personal friend now. So, uh, so we're going to share a room with him, uh, which is always going to be interesting because rock is rock has a very loud personality. And I say that in the most awesome, <laughs> most awesome way possible. I sincerely mean that most awesome. I am, possible. I am so stoked to see rock because he had told me, Wow, probably two weeks, three weeks beforehand. Oh man, I'm not gonna be able to make it because of work. Is that and the other? You put out your post about, hey, I need a, I'm looking for a fourth, and all of a sudden he's able to come, which I, I'm very excited he's gonna be able to make it. Yeah, I, I too. It's always, it's one of the few times. You know, for those of you that are listening that can't make it, you know, this this really is a show uh, for 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 us as Starjos, the yeah. Starjos community, where we connect every year, and yeah. so. So, uh, and like when I say, and when I say he's a loud person, I, what I basically mean is it's never a dull moment with him. Uh, it, it, he's going to, it's going to be an absolute blast seeing him. Uh, and, uh, I believe Mike Myers and Daryl Taylor will both be there. Uh, yes, they will. DC noise. I think Keith is making it, uh, from DC noise as well. So we'll see them. Uh, Sadly, I heard uh, Chris Ivey won't be able to make it this time, uh, so uh, hopefully next time. Uh, but Chris Campbell will be there, uh, as always. He lives in the area. I'm assuming Grubb will be there. Eric. Grubb will definitely be there. Yeah. We'll get to meet Ewan, the newest listener to Star Joe's. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ewan, yeah. Ewan will be there at least part of the time over the nice. weekend. So Nice. Um, but, yeah, and I know there's going to be a ton of other people that, you know, I just don't know that I can confirm that they're going to be there or not. Um, I'm assuming Mike's wife, Barb, will be there. She's usually there with them. Uh, there might be uh, Alan uh, might be there, uh, who uh, is known as New Mutant. Um, so I'm expecting to see a lot of familiar faces, and I'm hoping to maybe see some new faces. Like, again, if you're going to be at Baltimore Con... Well, we're going to be wearing, you know, I know I'll have my Star Joe shirt on. Uh, John, I assume you will too. Um, and Nick a lot of times wears the Star, his Star Joe shirt. Sometimes Travis does. So 
you know, if you see someone with a Star Joe shirt, just stop us and we'll tell you who we are. <laughs> and if we're and if we're not wearing Star Joe shirts and you're looking for us, go to Shannon's table. Yes. And and that will be kind of a focal point while we will not be there all weekend. He yeah. is not in the kids section this year. He's going to be close, but not in the kids area. Right. So kind of be on the lookout for the map. But if you can't find us and we're not wearing the gear, you can always go to Shannon's table and hang around because yeah. he, he's he's our pick point for yeah. the weekend. That's so. like yeah, that's like our <laughs> that's like our go to hub constantly. That's where, right. Uh, it's like okay, well we're going to meet back at Shannon's table. Like we'll text each other. Like okay, I'm over here. I'm okay. Okay, we're going to. I'll see you back at Shannon's table at, you know, two o'clock or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, definitely scope out Shannon's table. You can hover around, talk to Shannon. Hey, he's on the show too. Uh, buy some stuff from him. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. And, uh, but no, like in all seriousness, like check out his stuff. He's got a lot of, a lot of awesome stuff. He does amazing commissions. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it, you can certainly hang around and like I said, don't be shy. Uh, we are exactly who we appear to be <laughs> on the show. Uh, you know, we have the same personalities in person. Uh, so, uh, if, if you want to talk with us, like I said, don't be shy and yeah, we have no problem chatting it up with you. So, um, so in regards to the guest list, I do have the guest list up here. Now, one thing I'm going to do, John, and this will probably be started before this episode even comes out, uh, but one one of the things I'm planning on doing is at least once a day, I'm going to post on the Star Joe's fan page. So that's the one where you just have to go click like, and it'll also post this onto our Twitter account, which is at Star Joe's Podcast. Um I'm going to post each day a guest that is going to be at Baltimore Comic-Con that has some connection to the Star Joe's universe. So to give you an example, the obvious example is Kevin Eastman's going to be there. He is actually the guest of honor this year at Baltimore Comic-Con. He obviously has relations to this show with him being the creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, So I will have, you know, an image of him and his artwork and, and, you know, the stuff he's done. Uh, and then like I said, each day I'll have at least one, maybe two, uh, posts of another creator that's going to be at Baltimore comic con that has ties to something related to star Joe's. The thing that I've always, cause I do, this is one of the things I do when I go to Baltimore con or any convention is I look for, I look at the guest list and I look to see, who there has connections to the show because then a lot of times I look for something like that, you know, whatever it is to take with me to the show to have them sign it. I have found some like obscure things that I didn't like certain people that I didn't know ever did any work on star Wars or GI Joe or Transformers or something like that. And I'm like, Oh wow, that's cool. I didn't know that that person did that. Uh, I'll give you an example was uh, I think it was Sean Murphy did a story in star Wars tales uh, where he did the art and everything else, and it was a story of Han Solo and Chewbacca, and it also involved Indiana Jones, believe it or not. So it was a really cool story, and I had him sign that that issue. So, uh, and you'll be amazed at how many people are on a guest list that are related have some type of tie to this show, uh, as far as stuff that they've worked on that are related to the show. So it's it's really cool. I thought I could mention just some of the highlights and you can let me know if there's been any that stand out for you. Like, is there anyone in particular that you're stoked about meeting this year? You know, I gotta be honest this year, looking at the list, I I can't say yes, because it's a lot of people we see a lot of the times. Yeah. 
and, and that's one of the fun things. I mean, again, I, I I've only gotten into the convention circuit in the last seven years or so, and so you know, some of you listening might have done it a lot longer, and, and that's awesome. Some of you that haven't done it, or if you're going to your first show, you know, look, Baltimore can be overwhelming. It's a big show. You're talking thirty plus thousand fans there, and hundreds of creators. There's a small com- component of media guests. I'm really glad the show hasn't gotten more into that realm. Yeah. Uh, but you know they've got some good ones. Haley Atwell and the guy who plays Hordor and uh, young lady from The Flash. I mean, and Sean Astin. They've got some nice you know media guests. That's not my thing, so I don't go over there. But right. you know, uh, my, my suggestion is even if it's not even Star Joe's, if it's something that you're into, you know, you kind of go down the guest list. Not only look at the guest list, but also look at the artist alley list and see who is. Uh, going to be there uh, that that maybe you don't know. And for those of you that are looking for art or thinking about starting a sketchbook or things, the best things I can tell you to look at are comic art fans and, and go in there and looking to see. You can search by artist and search and say, I want to see Shannon's convention sketches. And anybody that's tagged Shannon as a convention sketch, you can see all his work that way. You kind of see what the artist does, but then go to DeviantArt. Oh, that's another great yeah. site to kind of learn. And so, you know, as I look through the list, a lot of names I recognize, a couple I don't. So yeah. the, those that I don't, I'm going to go research them and say, well, gee, is that somebody I'd want in my in my sketchbook that maybe is not a maybe is not somebody's necessarily worked on GI Joe. Right. Uh, but but there's some the thing I really like about Baltimore is that they continue to have a really strong Silver Age presence. Yes. And, you know, so, for example, this year one of the big gets is they have Al Jaffe coming in from Mad Magazine. I mean, come on, Al Jaffe's got to be in his 80s, if not 90s. Yeah. And he's going to be doing a panel. He's going to be at the award show Saturday night. Last year for me, the big get was to meet Russ Heath. I oh, met yeah. Russ Heath. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, and, and so, you know, again, it's, it's all according to, you know, as, as what you're into, who you're seeing, but do your research. Don't just show up. Yeah. Because if you just show up and, oh, hey, I really want to meet Al Jaffe. Well, Al Jaffe's only going to be there on Saturday for an hour. Guess what? There are probably a lot of other people who want to meet Al Jaffe for an hour. You want to make sure you kind of schedule accordingly so that you can be in that line to get up. Right. And have that opportunity to meet, and I don't, I don't, I'm reading this, I don't think Al Jaffe's going to do that, so maybe it's not the best example, but yeah. if there's somebody you really want to meet, or somebody you really want to get a piece of artwork from, uh, best bet is to get there early, and get there, in line, you know, be in line early, and be at the front of the line, your chances are a lot better than if you just show up, if you show up uh, the second day at lunchtime, a lot of these artists are going to be booked up, and you're not yeah. going to... Yeah. You're not going to have that opportunity, or they might be signing, and all they're going to do is give you an autograph. Yeah. Many of you have heard the epic saga of Chase and Walt Simonson, and I continue to chase Walt Simonson for a <laughs> Batlash sketch. I may do it again this year. I may not. He's I was going to say, he's going to be there again. So He's <laughs> going to be there again. Do I want to wait in line? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah. kind of, you know, uh, obviously, don't hesitate to ask those. I, I will say, and, and you've learned, I'm sure you've seen this too, Ryan, is that. This community, and I'm not talking just stars. I'm talking like comic books in general. 
the community, while many people will run and knock each other down for an Adam Hughes sketch, the majority of people are really, really cool, and they're going to help you. They're going to oh, give yeah. you feedback, or they'll they'll show you their sketchbooks. They'll tell you stories about their experiences. They'll tell you, hey, you, know, you want to meet so-and-so, or hey, if you want to try and get on his list here or her list, this is how it works. There's a lot of really helpful people because yeah. we all have the same interest. And so yeah, that's that's absolutely. one of the great things about going to convention is is you I've been really fortunate over the years. I've met dozens of people that don't listen to this podcast or don't ever expect them to necessarily. But I can tell you they have some of the greatest sketchbooks you'll ever see and every time I see them it's kind of to catch up. Hey, can I see what do you got now? And they are more than happy to show you what they've got, what they've added. Yeah. It's a source of pride. So Yeah. And I will say to like um it's it's sad but it's also it's good for us um as you were talking about like the silver age creators and stuff like that the cool thing about them is billy said it's also a sad thing about them is that they usually don't have a line of people waiting to to see them or talk to them Uh, a lot of times people are wanting you know that go to these conventions are wanting to see like the hot new writer the hot new artist um so those silver age creators uh, with a few exceptions, but a lot of the Silver Age creators are just sitting at their table. And you can go up, and these guys have some of the best stories. And you start talking to them about the stuff that you love that they did. Um, they'll start telling you stories, and it might be and you can have a whole conversation with them, and you're not holding up anybody else because no one else is waiting. And like I said, that's sad that that's the case, but it's really cool for guys like us that are like, I just want to talk to you for a while. That's really like, I'll give you an example is, and he'll be at Baltimore comic con is Tim Truman. Uh, Tim Truman, he worked on uh, some star Wars stuff and I, I got to talk to him about that. And when he was at super show and not many people were really talking to him, he was just there. And it, and I'm, and I would think it's unfortunately it's gonna be the same, same thing at uh, Baltimore con. He'll just be there. But I remember talking to him about like, him being getting permission from George Lucas to tell a story about the sand people, which was kind of off limits for a while there. Um, so, and he, he told me this whole story about, it, and I thought that was so cool. And they like said, these, these silver age creators, like they're the reason we have a lot of these amazing stories now and these amazing movies now and everything else is because we're using their old stories and everything. So, um, so if you have somebody, like if you look on this list, like John says, do your research ahead of time as much as possible. Look at the guest list and everything else. If a name jumps out at you, uh, there's been times where names jump out at me and I'm like, I don't know how I know this person. I do a quick Google search and I'm like, oh, that's how I know this this name or whatever. Um, those are really the ones that are fun to target to go to go make a point to go see because you you get to have like these long conversations with them sometimes. Um, and they're happy to talk to you. So, um, I will say like, you can certainly go to these shows and not have a plan in place, but you, if that's the case, you better be making sure that you're okay with, to John's point earlier, not getting to meet the people maybe that you were hoping to meet. Like if you're just going to kind of take it in and everything else, like, um, like I, I'll give you an example is our buddy, Mike Myers. He now goes to conventions like this to really just hang out with friends. He has a couple people that he wants to make sure that he hits up for like commissions and things like that. But then that's it. He gets those two, one or two people. He's good for the whole rest of the convention. He just cares about hanging out with his friends because he goes to a lot of conventions and everything else. So it's not as, it's not as critical for him to meet certain people. Cause he knows he'll, 
have another chance or he'll or he's already met them and things like that. So it's really and, and I will I will say I'm much more like Mike than I was three or yeah. four years ago. Yeah. Where it used to be I had a list of creators I want to get in my Joe sketchbook and now it's I want to get two or I'm gonna two or three you know, that I really want to hit up and I'm gonna hit them first. And then I, I, I will kind of look through Artist Alley. You know, Baltimore last year, we, we found uh, a, a creator we didn't know. Yeah. And got some great pieces, and I plan on hitting it. I need to actually need to tweet him to see if he's going to be there again this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, kind of finding those diamonds in the rough, for lack of a better word. But I'm kind of with Mike. It's hit up two or three that I haven't met before, somebody I want to say and shake a hand or let them know how much I appreciate it, and then – and get those kind of those people good to go, and then it's hanging out. Yeah. So it really has, you know, I I, I certainly can appreciate how he does it because that's how kind of how I do it now too. Yeah. And I actually had uh, speaking of diamonds in the rough, there was also another not only the one that you introduced me to, but the one that there was another one that Nick and I came across where the day before I think he had sketches for like head sketches for five bucks and like full body ones for 15 or something like that. And then we came to his booth like later in the day and he had crossed it out because he was getting loaded up with stuff. Like he, he then upped his price and everything else. And rightfully so because his sketches were ridiculously good and super detailed and everything else. And I was still happy to pay for what I paid for, for it. Um, but he just did an amazing job. So you do find those diamonds in the rough. Um, you get ones too where I had this experience last year where it was like his the one guy's artwork looked amazing, and then when I had him do the commission, it, what I asked him to do did not turn out very good uh, at all. And I, it was seemed like he was really good at certain types of characters, and the type of character I asked him to draw and do just didn't fit that type. And so mine didn't come out that great. And so. that's and that's something where you know, for those of you that that don't know me very well, some of you probably have seen my Joe sketchbook. When I talk to somebody, typically I, I I ask them, "Do you like GI Joe? Are you familiar with GI Joe?" If they say no, I tend to back off mm-hmm. because I want somebody that either a knows the and some of them. Or like holy cow, I love GI Joe, but I've never gotten to draw anything from it. Absolutely, I want to draw in your sketchbook. Right. If they're like, I, I've talked to one person who's like, I don't really know GI Joe, but I loved their work so much, and what they did for me was fantastic. Yeah. But typically, it's and of course, one thing I will say is, if you don't have it, make sure you carry reference. Do not yeah. have expect your cell phone to do it. Um, if you need help with that, contact me. Uh, I don't know, Ryan, I think you carry, I know you carry it for your eighties book, Yeah. but contact us. If you need help saying, Hey guys, how do you do it? I typically carry a separate book full of reference for every GI Joe character that I'm interested in. Yeah. And it can be, it can be comic book art. It can be file card art, but it's the idea is that it's given them, it's given the artist an idea. Hey, I want you to draw snow job. Okay. What, or Hey, I want you to draw storm shadow. Which version? Well, right. how about version three in his GI Joe gear, which is totally different than his Cobra gear? Yeah. Make sure you have if if it's something you're. And it could be Batman. I want yellow symbol Batman. I don't want right all black Batman or all gray, whatever. 
I want yellow symbol with blue and gray. Right. Make sure that you carry that reference because even though you think every artist knows it, they they may not. Right. Well, and then like, and I and you know, you saw my uh, reference. I have a folder that, and I printed yeah, off like pages <laughs> and stuff like that. And I have I have a uh, a reference sheet that has them all, and they're all numbered. So this way, if an artist says, "Well, here's the character I want to draw." Um, I'm able to know what number it is, and I can find that reference for him and give it to him. And uh, but yeah, to John's point, I have an '80s. It's an all '80s uh, sketchbook, and it's just I picked one or two char- uh, two characters from each property. A couple of the properties I have four characters: two good guys and two bad guys because they're just bigger properties. Um, but I have reference for each one, and I have different versions in there because for me, to John's point uh, about Batman, for me. As long as they draw the character, I'm not real uh, of that particular character. I don't. I'm not real picky about which version it is. Um, some people are, and if you are, to John's point, you m- make sure you have that as a reference. Like, and it could just be a sheet of paper that just has maybe a couple images on it. But this way, it's uh, artists really do appreciate that when you hand them something to be for them to be able to reference, and they don't have to look it up on their phone and, and everything else and try to figure out what you're looking for and everything else. It's just here, here's what I want. And, uh, but at the same time, don't be so like, if you're going to a certain artist and you like their style and everything else, don't, don't make, don't expect that the reference you're giving them is going to be exactly what you get back as a drawing. Like, you know, every time I want that artist to do their interpretation of that character. Like I'm not going to take my book to Katie cook and expect Katie cook to draw. Let's, you know, your, use your example of shipwreck draws uh, or snow job, draw snow job. Like he looks like on his file card, because that's not how Katie cook draws. I'm expecting a Katie cook looking snow job, you know? Um, so, uh, I'm kind of, as far as what you were talking about, as far as uh, hanging out with people and and meeting people and uh, creators and stuff like that, I'm getting less and less needing to have this huge repertoire of creators. Uh, It is still a big part of why I'm there. Uh, I'd say it's like 50-50 for me at this day and age, where it's like 50% of my energy is towards meeting these creators and that I really, really want to meet. And 50% of it's like, I really want to hang out with everybody. So um, I still get psyched about certain creators being there and everything else. Um, But I have my maybe four, top four or five people that I'm like, I have to meet them. And then I have my list of creators that if I get to meet them, great. If I don't, it's okay. (laughs) Um, I know the two big ones for me this year, and I haven't looked at the full list yet, but the two big ones for me this year are Kevin Eastman and Howard Chaikin. So Kevin Eastman, I, to your point, John, I will be there. Uh, you know, I'm going to get the, get into town on Friday. I'm going to scope out his, his, uh, table, see how crazy it is and how busy it is and everything else. If it's not too bad on Friday, which last year Friday was pretty light, <laughs> yeah. uh, I might just get in line on Friday and get his autograph and, and stuff right then. If it's busy, then I know Saturday his table's the first one I'm going to. I'll stand there in, in line as early as possible and wait for him uh, because he's one I have to meet. Howard Chaikin, I'm not a big fan of his current day stuff, but I love his work on Star, the original Marvel Star Wars, and I have an artist edition that I want him to sign. Uh, so those are the two big ones, and if I get those two this year, I will be a happy camper. So, 
Um, like I said, there's a few other ones that I'm sure once I look through the list in more detail, I'll be like, oh, I really would like the, to meet this person or I really would like to get their autograph or maybe a sketch or something like that. But like I said, if I get those two uh, I and get nothing else, I'll be very happy. Um, so... So what do you like, John? What do you usually do to like get ready for a convention? I know you talked about like looking at the the guest list and everything else. Like, sure. what are other things that you do to make sure you're ready for the convention? Sure. So, <laughs> want to make sure that I've got the materials that I need. And by that, I have I carry a sketchbook. Obviously, that's my sketchbook. But I also carry top loaders. Okay. Uh, because you never know if I'm going to pick up a page or I pick up something loose. I always carry at least a couple 11 by 17 top loaders. I've had people offer me money for them when they when there are certain shows that don't have them available. Yeah. So you know, if anything, maybe carry an extra one and sell it, make a few nickels on it. <laughs> that might be something. Uh, I tend to carry some kind of snacks for the during the day. I try to have a, a good breakfast and then not eat at the show because most convention centers the food is not great and it's costly. Yeah. So, you know, carry carry something to eat until, you know, maybe I'll go to lunch. If not, at least I can hang out till till dinner. I bathe. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I know everybody kind of laughs when they say this, but I'm going to tell a story about my first Baltimore experience. Mm-hmm. Jacob and I went to Baltimore in 2011. And we were in line. We got there. We we drove up Saturday morning. The show was from Saturday morning open at 10 o'clock. It was when it was still two days. Drive okay. up. We, we get there – no, I'm sorry. We came in Friday night. So Saturday morning, we're there at 8.30 or whatever it is. show opens at 10. So we're really close. We're really far up in the line. And those of you who have been to the old convention center, you kind of know you know the, the line feeds outside. We're behind these two very nice guys who have all kinds of original art. And they're showing us what they have and everything. And, and so you know we, we're in line, whatever. Next day, we go back, and we're in line behind the same two guys. Oh, I mean, crazy, right? Like the yeah. Sunday morning, same two guys. They're wearing the same clothes they were wearing Saturday. Oh. And it was noticeable. <laughs> Not just visually, but from an olfactory perspective, right. I could tell they were in the same clothes. That day they offered us, they had donuts. Oh, you guys want donuts? Oh, no, 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 we're good, we're good. Um, <laughs> look, bathe people, because um, there is such a thing as confunk. Yes. And it's real, and it and, and you don't want to be the one generating it. Right. Um, let's face it: when you're talking thirty thousand people um, in in a in a relatively tight space, yeah. Uh, the more you can make sure that you don't contribute to the cause, the better you are. Uh, and, and hey, it's just nice to be clean. So, I will even say, sh- I'll even say, tight. Think of think of the people around you, and not what you think you smell like, but other people. It is noticeable and. And Jacob and I, and Jacob is going on sixteen. Yeah. The boy, uh, the boy has been to enough conventions that it's kind of the running gag. It's like if you smell, it's like, hey, Dad, con funk, and you're like, oh, great, and then we laugh about it. Um, yeah, don't just soap, water, shampoo, yeah. deodorant, and 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 you're going to be happier, and all of all the people around you will be happier too. And I will say, tied into that, not only being in close quarters, but especially a convention like the size of Baltimore, you're going to be walking a lot during the day. Yes. So you're going to, 
build up sweat because you're like, if you're like me, you're carrying stuff and everything else and you're walking from one end to the other end and all that type of stuff. And sometimes you're in a hurry to get there. So you're going to sweat and everything else. So yeah, put on deodorant. If you can bring some with you for midday refreshers and stuff like that, or go back to the room. If you're close, if your hotel's close enough, um, I was ne- to kind of tell a very, very short version of what, what you experienced there was I had, um, was going through just, a some bins and everything else. And the guy next to me just reeked and it caught, it was enough to make me leave the bins. And I don't know if that was his strategy. <laughs> 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 I want to almost give him credit for it of like, okay, I, I don't want anyone trying to get issues that I'm trying to get. So, well, my, yeah. my favorite my favorite story like that is is one that Shannon actually told me that you know, it, for those of you who are familiar with Brian Stelfer, who's just a master uh, of the craft and especially when it comes to color and, and coloring and I think Shannon even like the first time you guys you and Chuck interviewed him he talked about that you know he spent time with Stelfreeze and learned more about color theory than he did in college and, yeah. But the, he always tells me a story about Stelfreeze at a convention, probably maybe even a, a Heroes or maybe a sh- maybe an Atlanta show, where Stelfreeze is teaching, and, and and he is a fairly soft-spoken gentleman, and so there's a dude that has not taken our advice, kind of in the center of all this, and here's this very soft-spoken gentleman trying to give a lecture on color theory, and the entire rest of the group is is backing away from the funk. And so you know, and, and of course, I think Stelfreeze probably picked it up as well. But he, I mean, just the visual. I'm trying to picture you know one guy in a, as a pick point, all these people backing away, and here's this artist kind of not projecting any louder than he would because he doesn't want to bug the people around him. And I right. that, but yeah, just the kind of the the what yeah. the visual of that is is really funny. So yeah. you know, my first thing to anybody going is you know bathe. Like you said, put on walking shoes that are worth having. Hydrate, have some snacks. Make sure you carry cash. Yeah. Because you know, let's face it, the the so Baltimore is is a good one. They tend to have good coverage. Yeah. But while many artists will take uh, cubes or swipe or whatever they're called, I sorry, I don't remember. But the the the, the little they'll things, cards, things, yeah. yeah. They'll take cards. Cash is king at these things. Yeah. And in fact, if you have cash, sometimes you can barter for a better deal, right. especially with dealers. If you've got cash on you and you see something and you – I can tell you because my son has done it. He, he was looking at a very high-end uh, Assassin's Creed figure last year at Heroes, and he hung around all weekend. It never sold. It was whatever it cost. He went back, and he had in his mind a price that was – Probably thirty dollars less. They ended up offering him forty dollars less because he said, "I have cash. What do we take for it on nice. the last day?" So that's another thing too: is stay around for the whole weekend and go to the last day of some of these people. Um, some artists, if they aren't filled up on Sunday, if they have high bar bills at the hotel, oh yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I am not telling that story out of turn. I've seen that more than once. So <laughs> yeah, so carry cash and. Uh, and, and tied into that, though, too, I will say, uh, while it, there's nothing wrong with bartering, do not barter to the point of insulting somebody. I think our I think our pals over at What's on Joe Mind use the term uh, D-bad. Um, look, this, this is 
while creators are doing this to make money, uh, it is a, it is a business. And um, if if you find it insulting that somebody is going to charge you a certain price, uh, don't make a scene about it. Just, Just don't move on. Shop. move on to the next one. Yeah, uh, I will tell you that somebody you somebody we have mentioned. A, a, a very large name, very legendary artist who I have the utmost respect for. Uh, had one time, I, I witnessed a guy try to barter him down over a forty dollars sketch. Oh wow! Now, what this guy was doing for forty bucks is a deal. Yeah. And the guy and and he said, "Oh, what will you do for X?" And he had a book that was probably half the size of a normal eight and a half by eleven sketchbook. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, "What will you do for this?" And I, I, I heard this guy politely read him the riot act and basically say to the effect of, "I'm a professional. I've been doing this for 40 years. This is what I charge. I think it's fair. And if you don't like it, go to the next guy." And you know what? I applaud him. He, sure. He didn't, curse, he didn't curse him out. He didn't say pound sand. He right. just said, and he made the guy feel about three feet tall. And you know what? That guy deserved it. Yeah. Because that's crap. Right. If he said it's a hundred bucks. Oh man, hey, you know, and again, you know, if you've not done this before, don't. I, th- I think Ryan said it well. Don't, don't be uncomfortable bartering. If if somebody tells you a hundred, and you don't think it's worth a hundred, maybe you ask nicely. Yeah. But if you don't feel comfortable doing it, or or hey, it's not, you know, they don't want to move on hundred. Hey, thanks, nice meeting you. Move on to the next one. Yeah. Because somebody else will have it. Yeah. So. Or uh, another thing, too, is if you like someone's work enough where you want to get a couple pieces, that's the perfect time to barter with somebody. Where if you're like, if if they're saying, to your point, John, let's just throw out, like, say something's $50, you know, they do, uh, this piece is $50 and this piece is $50. Say, all right, well, you can just simply ask them, okay, if I was to buy both of them, could could you do anything better? And a lot of times, they'll you know, they'll knock. 10 or 20 bucks off or something like that. Um, especially like you said, if they're going to, if you're going to be buying multiple things, um, the thing I don't do, uh, bartering with a lot of times is prints because a lot of times prints are, sure. you know, they're pretty cheap already. And a lot of times they already have like and the, yeah, they'll, the multiple they'll, they'll deals. deals. Right. Yeah. They'll usually have like, Oh, if you buy three, it's 30 instead of, and they're one, one is 15. So, you know, stuff like that. But as far as like original art or um, uh, commissions or something like that, like if you want something pretty simple, like I don't, I usually don't barter on commissions either. But uh, but I've seen people that have done it. But again, don't insult the person. Don't like. I, I will say this, and for those of you listening, take it for what it's worth. Uh, a couple times I've been at shows where people looked at my sketchbook and they said, "Oh, what do you typically pay?" Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, I've paid between X and Y, and they have Z on their on their commission list price. They're much more apt to maybe go to X and Y, but I haven't asked. Yeah. And part yeah. of it is the great, you know, and, and pe- we can we can discuss sketchbooks down the road sometime maybe, but you know, a sketchbook is great because many artists will look at it and go, oh, holy cow, there's some really great stuff in here, and I want to one up them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to be in this book, you know, because obviously I. I'm really fortunate. I've got some amazing. My books really, really. I'm really proud of what I have in there, and I have met some incredible creators to be put in there. And, and some some people I've met again who had no framework. They love GI Joe but never drawn it. I can tell you, I can name one artist who, since he drew, and I was the first GI Joe sketch he ever did. He's done at least a dozen since. Yeah. 
and there are people that I know, and some of them listen to the show, some of them don't. But there are people that I said, "Hey, check this dude out. He's really good. He's a really good guy, and he's really, really talented." And guess what? All of a sudden, he's he's got a little niche of people that are getting these commissions because of what he did for me initially. Yeah. So you know, don't don't be afraid to to ask or look. And again, do your research. Ask people that know. I mean, yeah. I, I you know I, I will tell you that. Grubb and I initially started our our friendship really over sketchbooks because he had questions on his sketchbook he was working on. Right, that's kind of how we connected here. And, and I know I've gone. Into, I know I've gone to you, and I've gone to Grubb, and I've gone to Chris Campbell, who's a great resource uh, as well uh, about different things. Now, Chris and my tastes are very different from each other. Sure, he'll recommend someone, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I don't really like that person's art," um, and that's totally fine. But he still knows the business; he knows you know all about it. Uh, I'll give you two examples because sometimes artists will do stuff that you weren't expecting in in a very good way. Um, and one is uh, one is when I was at uh, Super Show, there was an artist there who I said I wanted Green Lantern uh, done, and he had prices for uh, pencils, inks, and then full color. So I told him, you know, I I went with the middle one of of inks and everything else. I gave him my sketchbook. I came back. And he says, you know what? Since it was Green Lantern, he says I went ahead and did the colors, but I'm not going to go ahead and I'm not going to charge you because I did that on my own. Um, same thing, which I thought was awesome. Same thing with our our buddy Shannon. Uh, I last year I asked him to do Thunder the Barbarian, and you know I was paying uh, paying him the price for uh, uh, one character on the page. And he's like, would you care if I did some of the other characters with Thundar? And I was like, that's your choice, man. And so he did. He did the other characters because he wanted to. Uh, but he didn't charge me anything extra for that. And there's a lot of creators that will do that. They'll because they're they're enjoying what they're doing. That they want to kind of do something extra for you, or like you said, they'll up their game because they see other creators in a sketchbook do something. And they they're just very cool about it. They're like, this is what we agreed upon, but I decided to do something more. I've always found the more leeway I give somebody, the better. Yeah. If if you want, I I'm going to use the example. I want Captain America in this outfit and his shield being held this way, yeah. and this, that, and the other happening. And the more static I make it, or anybody makes it, that's not as much yeah. fun, for lack of a better word. If I tell you, hey, man, draw Cap, and however you want to draw him, you may come back with a bunch of Hydra agents knocked on the floor, yeah. or <laughs> you know, or Red Skull, or yeah. you just don't know. And, and so the more I've always found, and I've always told people, and I'm going to use Shannon because he's not here to talk about it, the more leeway you give Shannon on a commission, yeah. the more awesome it's going to be yeah. because he will just kind of go with whatever his gut goes with. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's and that's not just true of him. That's true of a lot of them. But oh, that's true of a lot of, of, a lot of them. Well, and with, with Shannon's The Thunder piece, um, yeah, I told him I wanted him to do Thunder because even though I had that on a list of different characters, I knew that Shannon loved the character. So if you give him, if you give a creator a choice of a character that you know that they love to draw or they love to work on, you're going to get a really amazing piece. Um, and my my PC did for Thunder. It was exactly that. It was absolutely amazing. Um, and that's why I have the list that I have. It's like, here's, here's a list of characters that I want drawn. You pick which one you want to draw. I've, I also have a star Wars sketchbook and I literally go to a creator and I go draw a star Wars character, any star Wars character you want. I don't care. 
uh, as long as, to your point, John, earlier, as long as they tell me they like Star Wars. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then this way, and you know, sometimes they will say to me, like, well, that's pretty wide and broad. Is there one that you'd like me to draw? I'll throw out a suggestion for them. Sure. Uh, if that's what they want. But I really like to leave it as open as possible because, to your point, John, I could get something so amazing out of it. Um, the artist that we found last year, uh, we st- was talking with him, and I says, well, is there characters you like to draw? And he says, well, I like, you know, the troopers have always been cool to me. And I says, okay, well, how about Captain Rex? And so he, he, you saw the piece he did. It was amazing. It was fantastic. And, and he his, threw and, extra and, troopers in and everything. So and his name for those of you listening, because I don't want to, I don't want competition for his table, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> his name is Dean Kotz, K O T Z. Yeah. And again, I haven't looked up to see if he's going to be at the show, but I can tell you for what his price point was and for the caliber of sketch that I got. Oh my god. He will absolutely be somebody I'd go back to next year because guess what, my. What I saw, I got a sketch. You got a sketch. Grub got a sketch. Those guys remember, especially you know if you tweet them or yeah. Facebook note or you share. Uh, for the for those of you that don't aren't familiar with comic art fans, it's a tremendous site. I post all my stuff there, and it's a way to share, not just to share with other GI Joe fans or people that that might like original art. But it gives these guys publicity and these yeah. ladies publicity. It's it's free publicity for them. So I always make a point of telling them, hey, if you're cool with it, I'm going to post this on Comic Art Fans. I'm going to post this on my social media yep. because I love sharing. Uh, there are some people, and they know who they are, that I have like a one-up game with to see who gets the best art at a show, yep. which is always a lot of fun. It's it's also getting some notoriety to them that they may not have had before. Yeah. And and so, you know, if Dean picks up a commission or two this year because we've talked about him on Star Joe's, awesome. Yeah. That's helped him. He's a talented guy. He was super cool. Yep. And you know what? He deserves it because he does really good work. I will so, say, sadly, he will not be at Baltimore Con this year. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. I will have to tweet him and tell him I'm sorry he's not going to be there. So yeah. At least he's not but, in the guest list, so. Well, he, but there again, he could be on the artist alley list, and that's right. that's what you always got to make sure you look through right. and, and check CAF, check check their twitters, check yes. their facebooks. You know, look if you see an artist that you don't know, look them up because yes. I I can tell you, and he's no longer with us, and we've talked about him a lot on the show, Jeremy Dale. I met I met him or I looked for him because when I was looking to prep for a show, I was looking at artists and I looked up Jeremy on. On Deviant Art, and I saw his stuff, and I and I found somehow that he'd worked on the GI Joe two packs. Oh, okay, that's yeah. the only way I ever knew Jeremy's name. Right. So right. you know, and 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 kind of I look back and I say, wow, the relationship I developed with him over looking up something so inane as looking at here, you don't know. Yeah. And so you know, spend if spend that time if you're walking through Artist Alley. Uh, Let's face it; it can be tough sometimes. You know, you can look at some people's work pretty quickly and say, "Not my thing." I can tell you, Dean Cotts, if he is on the Artist Alley list and not there, just looking at his looking at his art at his table last year. Oh yeah. As soon as I saw it, I said, "I got to stop and look at this guy's stuff because it 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 hit me. It struck me as something I need to look at." Yeah. And that's the great thing about art is it you know it's not not everybody is for everybody. Yeah. And so I can. I can walk by some people and smile and not say hello and not have to think about it. But somebody like Dean, I saw that black Knight. We had just talked about him on the show and I was like, 
that Black Knight, I was with Grub, I'll never forget, I go, that Black Knight is awesome. And I start flipping through his stuff, and I saw what he was charging, I said, dude, we got to talk. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. And the other thing I will say, this is also uh, good advice, is especially if it's your first convention or one of your first conventions, uh, and I have and I say this out of experience, uh, so uh, believe me, because I, I, I did this in the past, do not over overload yourself like yes. don't don't say i'm gonna meet these 20 creators the i want to meet these 20 creators and i want to get autographs from all of them and then i want to go down artist alley and then i also want to hang out with my friends and i also want to do you're gonna be so overloaded with stuff um and it's okay to have more things that you want to do than maybe what you're gonna have time for but realize you if you're gonna do that you have to realize that you have to be okay with certain things not being done. So like I said, there's certain creators that I want to meet. There's two I absolutely must meet, but there's other creators I'd like to meet, but if I don't get to meet them, it's okay. Doesn't it won't bother me. Um, I, I think you have to remember too that if you want to meet somebody, and I'm gonna use Kevin Eastman as the example. Yeah. If you want to meet Kevin Eastman and Baltimore has thirty thousand to forty thousand let's let's say thirty thousand people mm-hmm. attend. Yep. Um there's a good chance that you know, ten thousand people will want to meet Kevin Eastman. Yep. Maybe not have seen Michelle. Yeah. And so you can't plan to be there and be the only person in line. Right. 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 And so now, having said that, I will. I will. I will say, I have made friends or developed relationships with people waiting in lines. Oh yeah. Talk to the people around you. Yep. You're all there because guess what? As we've said before, it's comics. You're there because you like comics. Right. And if you're standing in Kevin Eastman's line, nine times out of ten, I'm going to guess that person's a, a Ninja Turtles fan. Maybe it's a one-off heavy metal fan, which is cool too. Right. But if it's a Ninja Turtles fan, talk to them. Right. Because guess what? You may make a new friend. Right. You, or you may make a connection or see a sketchbook with really cool Ninja Turtles pieces you've never seen before. That The G.I. Joe – all the communities we talk about on Star Joe's, I can I can speak very confidently. The GI Joe art community is fairly small, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. And he, he's a very good friend. He listens to this show now. I'm not going to name by name, but I met a guy years ago at a Virginia con. We were waiting in line to get in, and he had an Arashikagi tattoo. Well, why wouldn't I spend the next two hours talking to him, waiting while we were trying to get right. in to meet to see Larry Hama, to, to see Shannon, to see Herb Trimpey? And guess what? We've maintained that connection. He doesn't go to a lot of shows. He comes to my he comes to my show here in Richmond, but we have a connection, and and, and we've gotten to be close over that. Stop and talk to people. Right. Look at sketchbooks. Share your sketch. If you if you're starting a sketchbook again, ask questions. People look. People love to share. Yeah. I love to share it. That's why you and I do this show. Yeah. We like to share. We want to share what we know. We want to share our experiences. Just ask. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get back. And I can I can speak from personal experience. It's amazing what people want to share, what you can find out, uh, and, and who you'll meet if you just start talking to people. Yeah. Uh, even if you're an introvert, if you're an introvert going to a comic book show, you know anybody going with you. Just get up the nerve just to say hi to somebody. Yeah, because and I, you will and, be amazed at what at, at who you may meet, yeah. what you may find out, yeah. 
you know, I, I saw, I just happened to, we were at a show, we were at Baltimore one year before I got very involved in the activity mm-hmm. and Stan Lee was signing. The kid behind me had a, he had a, he had a, had a little lockbox with him and he started talking. Well, it was a, it was an X-Men number one that he was in line to get Stan Lee to sign. He had driven from Michigan to get it signed. And he told me all about how he found it at a flea market and he paid like 20 bucks for this book. Wow. And it was probably a CGC like a five or six. Sure. So it was it was good. It wasn't great. Sure. But he's telling me all about like buying this book and how he like gave the guy the cash and he was like shaking. And the story is amazing. And he, he drove from Detroit to Baltimore to get Stanley to sign it. Because he wanted to meet Stanley, but he was also he was doing it for the investment, and I and I get yeah, it. It's yeah. not my thing, but I get it. But just sitting there, like the fact that we talked to him long enough that he was willing to open up this little lockbox and show us this X Men number one it was really cool. Yeah, you know. And so, anyway, and I, and I will say too: Are you going to by doing that? Are you opening yourself up to meeting some weirdos? Sure, there's going to be a few really odd. Ones, but guess what? Those make for some very interesting stories after the show. They make for some interesting <laughs> stories, and and you know, again, uh, like I said, we're all there because of well, well and that's exactly what I was. Overall say. majority there to love com- or love comics, and and if you you just never know, you never know who you're going to meet, and you never know what conversation you may have, or you never know who they may know. Right. Uh, or oh, hey, I know so like I I we were at a show one time, uh, and and a guy that. Uh, uh, Jacob went to school with his kids and we start talking and all of a sudden he goes, Oh, I've been collecting original art since the seventies. Oh wow. And I, I was Frank Frazetta's last manager. Oh wow. And my jaw hit the floor and sure. he said, and, and I asked Jacob later, I said, you know, when you went over to the kid's house, did they ever have, he said, Oh yeah, they have a whole room where the lights were turned off like a hallway. It was full of original art that this wow. guy owned. And he kept he didn't want light shining on it to to just to hurt it. Right. We knew this guy for years and we just happened to run into a local show and he's like, I didn't you were in a comic. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm into this and he's like, Well, I've been into this and I've worked with Frazetta and and, and of course that was the show where I found out he told me that uh, I said I wanted to buy a Trimpy page uh, before his passing and he said, Oh, you know, that's like two or three hundred bucks. I just bought a ten thousand dollar Steve Ditko page. Oh jeez. Uh, and it didn't tell my wife, and I came home and told my wife, and that was kind of the end of that conversation. But uh, <laughs> like I said, you just don't know, and so just be open, be open to you know, yeah. smile, say hi, yeah. it, 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 talk to her. if it's not somebody who I talked to for more than a minute or two, then don't talk to him. Yeah, yeah. what well, I was gonna say, but you may have talked to him for an hour. You don't to know. your yeah, to your point though too, even if they, even if you talk to him for a couple of minutes, and you're like, wow, this person's really odd or really weird. Again, realize that you're both there because you love this stuff. You never know what type of weird stories they're going to tell you, and it, it could be really interesting too. Um, so, yeah, just and and I know it's tough for for some people because to your point about being introverted, like there's different types of introverts. There's some introverts that are very sociable. Uh, my my wife's one of those where she's she's very sociable. She can get along with anybody, and she can have conversation with anyone, and and she's just absolutely amazing. But she is an introvert, which basically, you know, we've done a lot of research on it and everything else. It basically means that social situations are very draining for them. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily shy, which is what everyone kind of assumes. There is that type of introvert uh, that are shy and everything else. But it basically, introverts are suffer from 
being drained by social situations. So I realize like you're, you're at a convention. There's already a ton of people. It's probably already draining for you, but you can have a nice small conversation with a person that's standing next to you, especially if you're going to be waiting in line for a long time. So, um, Lord knows if you're standing next to me in line, I'm going to start talking about the podcast and everything else. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, and you're probably going to get a business card from me. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, I, I love finding, I especially love finding out why somebody's in line. Like, what did they bring with them for that person? Like, that's a great conversation starter. Is like, is this even just telling them what you brought to have them sign or whatever, or, or what you want them to sketch for you or something like that. It, that is such, that's probably the easiest conversation starter when you're waiting in line to meet a creator is like, Oh, what did you bring to have them sign? Or, or, yeah, I'm looking to have uh, see if he'll do a sketch of such and such on my sketchbook. So um, the other thing I do want to pass along, because I know we've talked about it many times on this show, uh, and, and John, this is almost for you with, uh, with Walt Simonson, but it's like if there's a creator that you want to get something from them, uh, autograph, a sketch, something like that, uh, and you're going to be at that convention uh, and it's important to you, Make sure you do it because, again, we don't know how long we have with any of these creators. And uh, even if it's just you want to meet the person and shake their hand and say thank you, uh, do it. Uh, because, you know, last year meeting Darwin Cook, I obviously, if I hadn't done it then, I was never going to have the opportunity again. Um you know, I'm looking forward to meeting Kevin Eastman and Howard Chaikin. Howard Chaikin's up there in years and things like that. Walt Simonson's up there in years. Um, so, you know, we just don't know if they're going to be here again next year. And, it, the, and you don't even have to be older. I mean, unfortunately, our buddy Jeremy Dale. Well, so I say we don't know if we're going to be there next right. year. So, so, you know, having said that, and I think to your point, even if it's just to go by, and, and I'm not going to name who it was, but there was a creator a couple years ago who I went by his table and I didn't have anything to sign and I didn't care to, I, I've read some of his stuff and it's, it's great, but I listened to his podcast and I really liked his, his then blog. Mm-hmm. And I went by and introduced myself and I said, I'm a big fan of your podcast and I love your blog and his face lit up <laughs> because I think I was the first person that said anything about his blog and it was not suitable for work. Yeah. Uh, I don't, claim it was and i'm again i'm not going to say who it was if you see me in baltimore you can ask me he doesn't do that blog anymore but had the smile on his face that's awesome said it all and he thanked me and then he introduced me to the creator sitting next to him and said oh do you know so and so and i go oh i know you were on the podcast and i talked to him for a few minutes and then i talked to him again he shook my hand three times while i was standing there it was it was hilarious. That's because, awesome. Again, I just went by to say, hey, I, I I loved his podcast. His writing is great. His art was great. But I really really liked his podcast, and I thought his blog was entertaining. And so you just even again, even if it's just to shake hands, I can tell you my personal experience with Howard Taken. The first time I met him mm-hmm. was I had him sign several of his IDW GI Joe books that he did, the GI Joe or the Cobra covers that he drew. And we had a 10-minute conversation about his relationship with IDW, which if you've listened to any of our other podcasts and you hear about some of our Joe Creator friends that have worked for him over the years, <laughs> it's the same tenor. It was just from Howard Chaikin right. who uh, had a um, had his opinion on it. Um, yeah, so just 
again, even like like you said, even if it's don't take anything to sign, if you just want to go by and shake their hand and say yeah. thank you for what you do, it it really does mean a lot to many of them. Yeah. They really do appreciate it because somebody I, I was actually talking to my dad today. We 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 ran it. We saw them. Long story, but was with my parents today, and I, we were talking about conventions and. We're getting ready to make some announcements for our show in October, and I mentioned somebody that's coming, and my dad said, oh, what does that really mean? And I was explaining to him, and I showed a picture of Jacob with, with this person. I said, you know, these are people you get to know and you develop these relationships with, and he said, well, they do it for money. I said, well, they can come in and make some money, but it's as much to see fans and yeah. just be interactive for for, for many of them. Are oh, many, yeah. Are there for money? Absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to knock on the countertop here. We have never had a bad experience with anybody. I know people that have, and I hate it. I yeah. hate hearing those stories. Yeah. You, you have to say, though, in the long run, that is that is the very, very, very small minority. The majority of people, if you're appreciative and you show interest and you thank them, and that's a key thing, guys and ladies, say thank you. Just say thank you, even yep. if it's – getting a signature or, or if you buy a sketch I get you're paying for it but thank the person for doing it yeah because it it, it sounds silly but it goes the long way it really yeah. does and well and I'll, I'll give you an example too of, of someone who I, I hear a lot of times nothing but negative things about and everything else but I had a very positive experience with him was uh, Neil Adams yes he charges for everything he charges just to breathe in front of him but I paid five bucks for an autograph on in my uh, hard traveling heroes hardcover book because that's my favorite Green Lantern story, um, and his art was absolutely fantastic. My experience with him, you know, yeah, I paid five bucks, but I had a nice experience with him. Like he was very, he was very nice. He said, you know, I'm I'm going to leave some space up here in case you ever get to meet Denny O'Neill. So this way, this way, he has some room to to put his autograph there for you. Um, I told him it was my favorite Green Lantern story. He's like that is awesome to hear. He says, I had a lot of fun working on this one. Um, it was a different type of story. Like he's talking as he's signing and everything else. Like, I'm like, this was a nice experience. He shook my hand. You know, it was, it was just a very positive experience. And like I said, I've heard of negative things with him. My experience with him was fantastic. So, um, so yeah, even the ones that are, you know, there to make a buck, you can still have a great experience with them. So, um, the other thing I was going to mention as far as like making sure that you're just prepared is um, outside of just creators, but if there's like retail, like if you're going there to get some back issues or something like that, uh, prepare a list one way or the other. Uh, there's a lot of awesome digital apps out there right now where you can create a comic list of things, a wish list that you're looking for. Uh, I still like having my paper list of issues that I'm looking for. Um, and, you know, set some time aside to do bin diving if, if that's what you want to, if that's one thing that you want to do. Uh, to John's point, a lot, it depends on how, what type of issue it is, but a lot of times you're best doing some bin diving at near the end of the convention because you don't have to fight as many crowds or anything like that. And sometimes you can get some good deals. Uh, if you're doing that or, uh, hard, if you're looking for some trades or hardcovers or something like that, a lot of these retailers have like $5 trades, $5 hardcovers hard and things like that. And those are always awesome to just kind of flip through real quick. And a lot of times, especially the hardcovers and trades, you can flip through them real fast. See if you find something that jumps out at you and for five bucks, it's a really hard thing to not just snatch something up that you think you might like. Um, 
So there's things like that, like John, like you mentioned, the retailers, you know, those are definitely the ones where I'll try to see if they're if they can do something better uh, than than what they're offering, because a lot of them do mark up their things quite a bit. Unless it's well, a very it, reasonable, pr- unless it's a very reasonable price, then unless I'm, it's a reasonable price, or again, if it's Sunday afternoon at three o'clock, yeah, it's one less box to lug home. Yes, and so this piece that I mentioned earlier that Jacob was trying to get, it was a, a high-end Assassin's Creed figure, where it's a good-sized box, and I don't want to have to box up that box and maybe try to sell it later. Right, and so again, he had a price in mind, and he was ready to offer this, but when he said, "Hey, can you do any better?" and they knocked. 35 bucks or off or whatever it was i mean he jumped sure he said but he also had cash in hand and that's where it's right. important to have cash yep. ready to pay out so yeah and uh the the other thing i would say that it and we've talked touched on it quite a bit is um you know if you have the opportunity to go to a convention with people you know that's the best experience to to go even if it's just with one other person uh, whether it be your kid or whether it be a friend or whether it be your spouse, um, going to a convention with somebody makes it so much better. It makes it so much more enjoyable. Um, and then don't, to the thing we were talking about earlier, don't be afraid to make friends with other people that are there because you're all there for the same reason. Um, you love this medium. You love, you, you love the, the creators and everything else. So, um, the reason we go to the reason I go to Baltimore every year is because I know the people I'm going to see there. It's a good 15 to 20 people that are there every year that I know I'm going to run into or likely will run into, and uh, I look forward to seeing them. So, uh, like I said, definitely if if it's going to be your first time going to any convention, whether it be Baltimore or a local show or something like that, take someone with you because you will enjoy it so much more with someone there to talk to about the whole show and the whole experience. And if you're coming to Baltimore and you don't have anybody with you, find us as long as you're not a weirdo (laughs) and you're going to talk about like girlfriend issues and that kind of bullshit that we dealt with a few years ago where we had some guys show up in the room that really, you know, every party needs a pooper. He was the epitome of pooper, you know, um, you know, be there to have fun. Uh, and, and don't again that D bad thing we talked about earlier. I'll I'll, I'll say it to what's on Joe Mind guys. That's a great way to look at it. D bad man. Don't be that person. You know, just be positive. And if you can't be positive, uh, excuse maybe, yourself or excuse be yourself. Yeah, yeah, or or be silent. So yeah, no, I think that I think it's yeah, it's it, going to be great. And and it you know hopefully. If you haven't ever been to a show, get to get to something again just to have the experience. You know, Baltimore is a tremendous experience, and that is a comic book show. Yeah. You know, a handful of media people, but it really is a comic book show. Comic book creators, comic book yeah. dealers, and and people selling comic book stuff, and it's it's so much fun. Yeah. And it's it, it. I look back, and again, we've been going now uh, since I think it's, I guess it's 2010 was the first year that Jacob and I went and we didn't know anybody. We knew a handful of creators from the local show here in Richmond. We didn't know anybody else, but I look back and go, wow, you know, over that period of years, how much that's changed. Yeah. So now I'm much more like Mike and Myers and saying, I'm going to meet two or three creators. I want to see my friends. And then that's that, you know, it makes it, it, it's, it's a very different way of looking at it, but but again, any of us could say we started two, three, five, six years ago, or ten, or fifteen, or twenty years ago. Right. We were all the new person one time. But oh yeah. 
the point of look at just like the gentleman whose name I forget. If you're at awesome, you know, an awesome guy, come up and ask me about the show. Come up and ask us about the show. Right. Well, and, and I'll give you some examples too. Like, um, so speaking speaking of the weirdo, I've had one weirdo experience out of all the people I've ever met that have listened to the show and have come up to me. I've had one weirdo experience, and I've been doing the show for you know six years now, almost seven years now. Um, so to have one weirdo don't, so if you're sitting at home and you're like, I'm going to Baltimore con, but I don't want to be a weirdo to Ryan, <laughs> the likelihood of you, me considering you a weirdo is pretty, pretty low. Um, this was a guy who did not understand personal space and was sweating a lot. And I think he put his arm around Chuck and it was, just, <laughs> it, yeah, I luckily got to step away. Um, wow. But like, but most of the people, they come up, they shake hands, they laugh, the you know, smack you on the arm and something like that. Like, oh, man, I love the shows. Like, that's cool. That's awesome. And and if you want to, and if you're that type of person, you want to just kind of hang around the table all weekend. I don't care. Like, I'll take you to the, some of the creators I'm going to to wait in line with, and we'll talk. And you know, that's awesome. So yeah, there was just the one time that it was a really weird experience. I've also had times where. Someone, I think, felt like they were in, they were imposing on our time, and that should never be the case uh, ever. Um, I had uh, there was uh, one guy. I think if I remember right, his name was Andre, and he came to Robert's table and he said he listened to the show and he loved it, and he had a, a collected edition of, of like a bound edition of Robert's uh, comics. And these things were awesome. They were crafted so well together and everything else. Um, and Robert was amazed by it, and we were amazed, and we were we talked to him for this like a little bit. He seemed like he was maybe a little bit on the shyer side, but he he at least came up to us and talked to us. And then he was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna get get out of your guys' hair," and he just kind of walked away. And it's, and he seemed like a type of guy that would have been cool to hang out with all weekend. So um, so don't feel like you're you're imposing on us or anything like that. Come up to us, talk to us, happy to, you know, you know, ask us stuff about, you know, Hey, my first time at a convention, what should I do? I'm kind of lost, you know, Hey, well, to your point earlier, John, we'll help you out because we were all there at one time also. So, um, should be, I'm looking forward to it. I get hyped more and more hyped as we get closer to it. Um, because it, it is the one show I look forward to every single year. So, I, I, let me add one thing as far as a, a don't, and, and this drives me nuts, and yeah. and I always want to say something to people, but I, I haven't because I've been told not to. If you're at a, if you're at an artist table, I guess there's two really don'ts. Um, if there is a line, obviously talk to the person, but kind of get a feel for the room. If you stand there for an hour and there's 15 people behind you, be cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. The chances are that person's line is not going to be like that all weekend long, unless it's a super name guest like an Eastman, and you're probably not going to get an hour talking to Kevin Eastman. Right. You're going to have to understand that everybody else. You may be the most special star there is, but everybody's a special star that wants to meet Kevin Eastman. So just be cognizant of that. But please, 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 do not take pictures at the table of people's stuff. Yeah. It drives me crazy when I go to conventions and I see these people take pictures of of prints and yeah. of art hanging up. I, I'm sorry. It's a visceral thing. Remember it or buy a print. Right. It, 
if you ask, it's a different story. And I have seen people ask, and I've seen some artists say, yeah, that's cool. Do not just suddenly take pictures because you feel like you have the opportunity or right to do so. Right. It's not how this works. We're not going to get into whole all the shenanigans that have, this year has been really interesting from a convention perspective when it comes to uh, prints and digital manipulations and all these things oh, that are yeah. going on in the world. And I don't want to get into that because it's it's negative stuff. But but the bottom line is don't walk in and just start taking pictures of people's tables of stuff their stuff. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. Yeah, and and those of you listen to the show. Probably, I know you're not the ones doing it. It's going to be people just walking off the street to pay their ten or fifteen or twenty bucks to get in or whatever it is. That don't know any better. That don't really understand how conventions work. But in case you are listening to this and you've and you didn't know that, just don't do it unless you ask. Yeah. Because that is, it's extremely rude. Yes. Yeah. And same thing with cosplayers. If you're going to take a picture of a cosplayer. They probably don't want to be taking a picture eating a sandwich, walking into the bathroom, or yeah. or. or Pulling, pulling their you know uh, underwear out of their butt if if that's not part of the character. Right. Ask you know just ask to take a picture. Right. Don't just as and, it, and again if they're eating the sandwich and sitting down, let them finish their sandwich. Right. Or let the creator finish their sandwich. Don't don't hit the creator up in the bathroom. Right. About a commission. I've heard that happen. Yeah. And people think I'm being funny. And those of you who've been to shows, you probably heard it too. Just. Be respectful. Be cognizant of people's space, and yeah. it's bad, man. Just yeah, D-bad. I mean, you don't have to pretend like they're not there. Like if I'm in the bathroom and Kevin Eastman comes in, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, Mr. Eastman," and that's gonna be it, <laughs> because I'm gonna treat him the exact same way that I treat everyone else in the in the bathroom, which is I don't say much more than hello. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so. I totally agree with you. Like, and be respectful of, of cosplayers, especially the female cosplayers. Um, I know that a lot of there's some that wear skimpy outfits because that's what the character wears and everything else. That is not an invitation for anything. Um, you know, I've taken plenty of pictures with a lot of different cosplayers and stuff like that, and they love their costume and, and rightfully so. Um, and like you said, I'm just very respectful and was like, Hey, can I take a picture with you? And, um, and you, you, you take the picture and you thank them. You tell them how awesome it looks and everything else and, and let them go about their day and, and everything else. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really – I mean, what, I guess at the end of the day what we're saying is when you go to these conventions is be respectful of everybody there. And if you are and you, then you should have a good time, they'll have a good time, and everyone ends up having a good time. So Absolutely. So, um. Anything else that we... Oh, well, uh, there was a, one last thing I think maybe we can cover in this episode. And then uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to talk about, but we could call it a night after that. Uh, there was this little thing that came out recently. Uh, it was a little trailer that came I, out. I, I was surprised we didn't talk about that when we talked about Mr. Baker, but I just was going to let you run with it tonight. So, yeah, there was this whole Rogue One thing that yes. uh, I have... Um, I. Guessing you've probably watched it fifty times now. Pretty I, close, yeah. <laughs> I think I've watched it three or four. Yeah. Uh, okay, so as not to piss off the majority of the crowd that listens to this show, I'm already more excited about this than I was about the last <laughs> movie. Um, I got I got Donnie in, and in <laughs> this one I see more Donnie in, yes. and he, oh yeah, man, I just I know it looks it looks really promising. 
Um, I, you know, I've seen a lot of negativity about it, and that's going to be the case. I mean, yeah, listen, you know, it, 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 there, yeah, this this property is big enough. There's always going to be somebody crapping on it. I will stand by the fact that I've never said I hate anything. Right. I didn't. There's certain things I didn't like. I I like the idea. I think it looks really interesting. Um, you know, again, we all kind of know what's going to happen because we already kind of know the story. Of the Bothans they got the plans for the Death Star. Right. But but I I I think it looks really interesting. I like the I'm going to call him heavy set because I don't know what to call him. Like there's this heavy set kind of Asia looking dude, the one that shoots the rocket launcher at yes. the Adat's head, and yeah. it looks like he just shakes it off. Yep. Yeah, man, I'm in. I'll yeah. see it. I I think it looks it it looks interesting. And, um, uh, but again, I've watched it. I think I've watched it three times, maybe tops. Yeah. Enough I, to I, draw I, me in. And, and it, it is enough to say, I will go see this yeah. because I know enough. And as we've talked about before, I still, I still believe there'll be more trailers for this yeah. because there, there are people even reading the YouTube comments that don't understand how it ties into the other movies. Yeah. And so if you're trying to sell people on this happens between three and four, or between, I'm sorry, between yeah, between three and three four, four yeah. and, and helping them understand any of the context to it, they're going to have to share more, I think, than they are. They're going to have to do the, the, the numbered movies. Yeah. So yeah, the one thing that was uh, was interesting that I saw in a review of it of the trailer was they're like, "Don't tell the rest of the world," but yes, this is a prequel. <laughs> well, as, as I saw somebody put it, oh, it's episode three point five. I'm like, well, that's an interesting yeah. way of looking at it because it kind of is. Yeah. Again, it, the action looks great. I I, I I like the idea that it, it appears to be all practical effects for the yes. most part. Yeah. Which, as we talked about, that was one thing I really liked in the last movie. Yeah. Um, I, I just you know. I see Donnie Yen going, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm just going to let the force do it. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Right. You, you know. Well, and from what I heard, uh, rumor-wise, again, I, I have nothing to back this up, uh, but rumor-wise, what I heard is that he's not necessarily a Jedi, but he believes in the force. It's almost like sure. it's, it's a religion. Kind of it's thing. his like religion type thing. It's it's kind of yeah. like Maz Kanata, where she was able to get in tune with the force but she wasn't a jedi same thing with him um i did see a reviewer that said this and i totally agree with it he's like if we don't get an epic battle between donnie yen and darth vader in this movie then that's just gonna be sad oh don't don't even get me started i don't want to think about that but no i and i again i i I don't know who he is and i don't i don't really care at this point the dude in the moth outfit or that white like admiral thrawn looking yes he looks the, the look is so good, oh, and the awesome. dark troopers, and yeah, yeah I mean, it, again, it, it, I got, I got excited. Yeah. I, I told Heidi when I saw it, I said, "Hey, I'm more excited about this than I am the, the last, the last one." Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, 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 I think it. Well, and it, what- it, it, as as I said before, and I'll reiterate for those of you who don't believe me, the last movie gave me promise for the future. And, and this, I got excited enough to say, I will go see this because it's intriguing enough and it looks, it, it's strong enough visually from the little bit I've seen, again, especially with the practical stuff that, yeah. that it, I, I could see, I could see 
seeing this and, and enjoying it. So. Yeah. Well, and and a few things with it. One is I heard from a, a friend who was like, there wasn't really a whole lot of new stuff in this trailer. And I was like, yeah, there was a ton of new stuff in this trailer. Um, I said, it's a lot of the scenes that they showed were in the same place. Like they were the same, you could tell they were from the same scene or the same moment, but it was a completely different shot. It was a completely different part of that scene. Um, So I said, there was a lot of new stuff, maybe not new locations or not a lot of new moments, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think there'll be some, like to your point, I think there will be some more trailers coming. I don't, Personally, I don't feel like I need to see them because I, I, I don't want too much ruined for me before uh, seeing the movie. Um, I love the visuals of this, and it's it just shows like a different director giving a different perspective. This director is known for perspective of size and everything else, and, right. and, and he's obviously showing that here, which I think works so well for this type of movie. He's going for a mil- militaristic feel to it. Uh, which I think is awesome too. I mean, it is called Star Wars after after all. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I love the scope. I love seeing the the troopers on the ground and the adats way above, and seeing the the star destroyers next to the Death Star and showing how small they really are next to the Death Star. Um, even just like one thing that was real subtle that it took me a couple what a few watchings, and I've only watched it honestly like I think five or six times. It's not been fifty times. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it was the death when they showed the Death Star over the planet. There was two things really cool about it. One was they there was the one scene where they show it like eclipsing the sun, which right? I thought was awesome. That definitely showed scope. But the other thing was the fact I don't know if you noticed this, but the Death Star was actually upside down. I wondered about that. I did notice that the the disc. Was down was, below. Yes, I, yes. I noticed that too. Yes, and and I was like, wow, that's really cool because it shows you know it's in space and there really isn't an up or down or anything like that. So, so that was cool. Um, one of the reviewers, uh, movie reviewers that I I'm a big fan of, uh, Jeremy Johns on YouTube, he talked about this and I thought, yeah, that would be really cool to see. He said he wants to see in this movie. Um, you know, they're obviously over this one planet and who knows if they're going to spend most of their time over this planet or whatever. But he's like, I want to see, um, the, the empire imposing their will on this planet. Basically like there's that one, the one of the opening shots with the star destroyer over that temple Mesa looking thing. Um, he's like, that looks very ominous. And he's like, and if I can see like, yeah, the Empire comes to your planet and they just start taking over. And next thing you know, you have people suffering and people, uh, you know, you see uh, the economy going downhill. You see troops taking over, all this type of stuff. He's like, then it makes you go, yeah, this is a force that's bad. And this is a force that needs to be stopped. And, you know, and he says, and then you start looking at episode four differently of these little rebels have to take down this big giant that's making life miserable for everybody else. Um, I was like, that would be a really, and, and when I heard him say that, I was like, yeah, that would be a really cool perspective to have, uh, in this movie. So, um, it's like the occupation of, of Germany, you know, sure. Germany comes in takes over and, and makes life miserable for a lot of people. So, um, same thing here. So, and yeah, I agree. The, the guy that was dressed in the white, like he just looks like he's going to be an awesome bad guy. He's going to be the yeah. awesome villain. So. 
And yes, Donnie Yen was amazing. Um, <laughs> I cannot wait to see him just be awesome in that. Uh, I'm, I'm now that you've told me about the whole thing with fighting with Dark Vader. I'm that dude gets me that much more excited. So <laughs> come on, December, we want to we want to see it. And then of course they do show the the all you saw was the helmet of Vader at the end. Sure, um, but that was still exciting and and uh, to know okay, it's he's definitely in it. Uh, and it and it better not just be like that one little scene. Like I want to see Vader do something in this movie. It doesn't have to be a big part of the movie. It just, I just want to, I want it to be more than just Vader standing there, you know? Sure. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm very excited. I think it's a version of star Wars that I have read in the comics and I've read in the books that I've never seen on the screen. So I, I'm look very, very excited about it. Um, and hopefully it, it, if it does well, hopefully they'll look to do more movies like this, uh, in this type of style and everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I like you said, December cannot come here fast enough for me. Um, this is the movie, obviously it's not a surprise. It's the movie I've been looking forward to all year long. So that's about everything that I wanted to cover. Uh, I mean, there's other things that have happened, but I, I feel like I've, said enough of, of of everything we covered tonight uh is there anything else that you wanted to touch on john no i think we've we've talked about a lot and i, I look forward to talking to people at baltimore and uh yeah putting that uh episode 175 together there yeah awesome um and a few things tied into uh baltimore and everything else number one if again on our facebook page you will see uh we posting art uh creators artists and writers on there that have ties to star joes that are going to be at baltimore con uh so this way if you're interested in knowing you know some creators there that have connections to this the show the stuff we cover on the show i should say uh then you know just go to our facebook page and like it and you'll get updated or you can follow us on twitter at star joes podcast and you can uh you'll get those updates as well if you're going to Baltimore Con and we don't know you're going to Baltimore Con and you want to let us know that you're going to Baltimore Con, uh, send an email. It's uh, starjoespodcast at gmail.com or let us know on Facebook. Uh, and there's a group page on there and there's the fan page on either one. You can let us know. And if you're not a member of the group page, you can put a request in and I'll approve it right away and you can let us know through there. Uh, but we would uh, definitely love to uh, to meet up with any of you that are going to be at BaltimoreCon this year. Um, John, how can they find you? Sure, you can find me uh, on Facebook, John Thurmond. Uh, Twitter is John underscore Thurmond, and that's J-O-N. Uh, you can find the Virginia Comic Con at vacomiccon.com. Uh, our next show is going to be the October show, which is uh, Halloween weekend. I believe it's the... 28th and 29th, but I always forget the exact dates. It's a Saturday and Sunday. So far, we've announced uh, uh, a couple folks we've talked about today and people we've talked to lately, Howard Jakin, Denny O'Neill, Mark Wade, who I believe are all going to be in Baltimore. Uh, Going to be making a couple announcements here in the next few weeks about some other big guests, but uh, uh, should be a really good time. And if you can't make Baltimore, but you, know, you have time in October and you want to meet those creators, uh, come on down this way. And a shameless plug, uh, for those of you who have listened to the show for a long time, you know, a few years ago I went through a uh, job change just like, uh, uh, just like Ryan and Chuck did, and uh, it was an interesting time. I'm going to be on a podcast, uh, should actually be up uh, about the time this comes up, uh, called Reach West Radio, 
where I'm going to be talking about the effectual stretch and kind of what happened for me personally and professionally uh, during that time when I lost that job and how I got back to work and probably get a chance to plug Star Joe's because uh, this community and Ryan and, and Robert, you and Shannon have all been uh, very important to me and, and you know, in my personal life and, and helped me kind of get on a path where I needed to be. But uh, but anyway, if you are interested in uh, non-comic book talk in a podcast, uh, again, and I'll, I'll post it when I'm on, uh, on Facebook when it comes out, but uh, soon to be on, again, Reach West Radio uh, talking about the effectual stretch and uh, giving up instead of giving in. So Nice. Awesome. Look forward to that. Um, you can also, uh, as far as other things for this show, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices, and so is the Podbean uh, app, uh, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Uh, that's our uh, the host of our website. They have an app where you can make Star Joes one of your favorites and get new episodes. You can also, uh, I don't mention this very often on here, but I do uh, mention it when I post new episodes on Facebook, um, that you can actually listen and or download the episodes right from the website. So if you just go to starjoes.com, you can listen right from the website. You can also download right from the website. So that's another way to get the episodes uh, if you prefer that way. Um, you can also leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, uh, 440-941-JOES. Uh, we haven't had really any voicemails recently, so uh, so give us a call. We'll play it on the air, and we'll actually respond to it. Uh, we also have merchandise for sale. Uh, we have Star Joe's t-shirts. We mentioned that you'll see us at BaltimoreCon wearing Star Joe's t-shirts. So you can get uh, t-shirts. We have hoodies. We have coffee mugs. Uh, just go to StarJoe's.com, and on the right-hand side, you'll see something that says Star Joe's Merchandise. It'll take you right to the website where you can get it. Prices are extremely fair, uh, and uh, you can get uh, our awesome logo on some really awesome stuff. Um, I believe that's everything, but, John, to your point, if we didn't catch it this time, we'll get it next time. Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.